This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 16th of January 2024 at home in Wicklow. And it is an episode that is philosophical in nature and particularly looking at the existential branch of philosophy, which is fundamentally trying to make sense of the existential challenge. The what am I doing? The why am I doing it? How am I doing it? And I don't spend too much time talking about, is there any point? Um, but in this particular episode, I I just found myself bringing some recent reflections to bear on that idea and my attraction to the, the reference points are the philosophical frames of pathways and arrivals and empty spaces um, and also the the idea of of demystifying the the sort of ideas or the practices that we think lie in the hands of others or lie in the hands of those we might get to help us um, I prefer to think that we can find some great things within ourselves um, with which to serve ourselves better. So that is what's coming up. Um, I was trying to make it a, a shorter episode than usual. Uh, I did that, still not as short as I was aiming for, but um, not as long. The last couple of episodes were slightly on the longer side, so you'll be able to squeeze this in on your commute. Okay, that's it. I will see you around the corner. Cheers. Not gonna change my mind. Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. I hope wherever you've come from has brought you to a good place. And I hope you're not feeling too concerned or overwhelmed or anxious at the great unknown that lies ahead. The uncontrollables. The X factors, the endless variables. Now, if that sounds like an ominous, <laughs> an ominous place to start, maybe it's a reflection of where my head's at. Um, no, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling a bit, a little bit weary. But um, I want today's episode to be short, maybe even the shortest episode I've recorded in the the history of the show. Um, Just to experiment, just to mix it up, but also not just to, to, you know, also to resist the, it's more than a temptation, it's it's habitual now to fill the space. (laughs) To resist the habit or to play with that habit or just put a little stop valve on the habit of I can fill this space with lots of other things that pass through my brain um, maybe maybe it's worth challenging that and I find that stuff challenging I find changing patterns and changing habits I find it stress inducing because I'm good at 
leaning into the things that I trust are serving me well and that I may even be doing well and that I can fit into a larger philosophical frame and perhaps an existential an existential or existentialist philosophy frame um, to, to kind of contextualize choices, decisions, actions, inactions. Um, and I mean, I kind of touched on this last week when I was reflecting on turning 50 and reflecting on reaching a stage of my life and sort of reflecting on my a sort of a, a life philosophy uh, and yeah a, a sort of a an ethos or whatever you know a credo um, and certainly I continue to place enormous faith in the idea of a life of the mind a life of of thought consideration um and i don't you know i don't always you know i, I, I don't all i'm not always totally secure in you know with that i have times when i just go what the hell <laughs> what the hell am i doing and yeah you know, there's this there's a very there's a very simple truth that occupying our time with work career a job um while it has obvious material benefits um for many there's a a very uh, and maybe just an unspoken but very substantial secondary benefit of being immersed in work is that it's a distraction from <laughs> a distraction from ourselves it's a distraction from you know the the pull of the leaning mind it's a distraction from that sort of existential curiosity and that's um that can be a great relief when you find your yourself with too much time on your hands <laughs> i'm just looking out the window here and i see ruby the cat is on the hunt she is She's a, a tabby cat and only, no, maybe not even three years old. So really in the full of her health, she's doing some very stealthy prowling underneath. Um, I guess that's a copper beach hedge. Um, and she kind of camouflages in underneath the, the bare branches at the bottom of the hedge. So I presume she's onto a bird of some kind. I hope she doesn't catch it, but um, I try not to interfere in these things. I just saw a branch move. I see her tail is still. <laughs> anyway, um, see, <laughs> Ruby the cat, she's not, she's not wondering what it's all about. She is acting on pure instinct um, and absolutely focused on the hunt at the moment. And that, you know, that, 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 you know, there's a Zen purity to that. Oh, there's a lot of movement there now. Oh, no, 
mission failed mission aborted she just sprinted past the window um i don't know <laughs> it's funny how i associate focus with zen ideas of the still mind and the decluttered moment and sprinting across the garden doesn't feel zen like at all even though I find it incredibly funny watching cats well watching my cats sprint across the garden or across the field um, but to be immersed in to be immersed in an activity of course and, and I feel instinctively and, and, me, and more than instinctively I mean I consciously there are times when I do the podcast and a lot of the time when I do the podcast it's there is a zen like immersion and flow where I'm not hanging on to um, I'm not hanging on to laid out scaffolding I'm not following a very well set path I'm just I'm just letting it flow and trying to articulate the it's, it's, I, I, I really hesitate to say stream of consciousness because I, I mean, it's there are too many ways to misconstrue that. Um, I'm not sitting here as a kind of twentieth-century um, modernist writer, indulging in you know unintelligible or incredibly complex stream of consciousness. But I feel. It's not just babble and, um, you know, flow from some sort of unfettered uh, churn of mental vomit, which is certainly a product of, of ego and that type of stream of consciousness. If you, if you call that stream of consciousness, you're elevating you know something that doesn't deserve to be elevated um so it's it's i feel it's it's something else and it is flow so in that regard there's a stream like quality to it but i you typically describe it as something akin to a higher wire high wire act where i'm just trying to stay aloft and keep you know stay balanced and not fall into the you know whatever lies below the safety net or the sawdust um and you know part of that skill if that's again not elevating not trying i'm not trying to elevate what i do but if that's a if that is a, a skill or a discipline maybe a practice I, I like that word practice because when you do things again and again it's practice like practicing martial arts like practicing karate or tai chi or whatever it might be so this is sort of like a a mental practice it's a definitely a verbal practice and it involves a certain agility to keep pace or to be sort of mindful of the flow of thought and mindful of connective tissue is how we think of it so yeah further to that 
and bearing in mind at the start of this I said I wanted it to be a short episode really what I wanted to, wanted to talk about today is the idea of of pathways pathways empty spaces and arrivals and yeah this is in a I suppose, yeah, I've used it already. Uh, and, you know, the idea of that, that being put into sort of a, a lived a lived philosophy and maybe it's, um, it's a way to... I think these are frames that can be very useful um, in terms of making sense of where we are and maybe making sense of where we've been and perhaps help us make sense of where we might be going. Um, I said in an episode last year that I'm not really motivated by endpoints. I'm not motivated by big goals or big objectives or apex experiences. I'm very motivated by the the path journey. Um, I'm very motivated by the, you know, the, the path matrix. You know, where are you walking? Where are you moving? And not where are you walking to, not where are you moving to, which is destination oriented, but just where are you walking? How are you walking? With whom are you walking? And why are you walking? And I use, you know, and I, 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 I'm using the word walking. I, I don't mean literally walking. This is more a <laughs> philosophical, spiritual walking, a metaphorical walking. Um, the you know the the walk through life, um, and the walk into the next moment, and the moving into the next moment. Um. Because I think there's there's value in bringing our sort of presence of mind to to that enterprise, and that enterprise, uh, when we zoom out, is the living of our lives. And I think we can be really burdened by the paths that have gone before or the paths that we feel have brought us to places that we are not entirely happy with. Um, but I find the path metaphor can be really, really beneficial, particularly in tough times, particularly when you feel embattled. Um, I... <laughs> I think in the last two episodes I've made references to my my fiftieth birthday party, which was which was fantastic. Um, you can listen listen back to those episodes if you're you're curious to hear my thoughts or what exactly went down. I had a different kind of party last week. Um, I, I I'm trying I'm, I'm I don't know how to describe this party. It was a party where a load of uninvited guests came up, uh, you know, arrived and just 
kicked the hell out of me. And so basically it was a, yeah, and I'm speaking metaphorically, if you hadn't guessed or um, if you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about. The, 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 the Darren Aronofsky film Mother comes to mind. Um, I mean, it's amazing to me to think Darren Aronofsky could make a film like Mother, which apparently was a comment on, you know, uh, global warming and environmentalism and ecology. Um, but if, um, you know, that was his larger idea behind it, but ultimately what came out on screen was the idea of male artists and their muses and how callous a male artist can be with their muse, which of course makes me think of Picasso and the many women that came through his life and the sexual utility, the artistic utility of muses. Um, and this seems to be particularly a, a male-female dynamic. I mean, it probably works across uh, across genders or sexual orientations. But um, one of the key plot ideas in Mother is how guests arrive at the artist's house. The artist was played by Javier Bardem. Is Javier Bardem underestimated? Underrated? He is just such a good actor. I think he's got tremendous versatility. He's just such an interesting actor. Uh, Such an attractive actor. So charming um, capable of such I don't know he just always has this innate gravitas <laughs> even in a movie like Lyle Lyle Crocodile which is really not good at all um, he's a you know a fallen stage performer who thinks no my ticket to the top is this talking crocodile <laughs> and of course he's great at being very dark and chilling but in any case he's the artist in Darren Aronofsky's Mother and Jennifer Lawrence is his younger, I think she's his wife, and she's pregnant, and she is most definitely his muse. But people start arriving at their at their home, you know, to to get close to the artist. Um, if I recall correctly, there's a couple arrive, and it's the first time I'd seen Michelle Pfeiffer in a movie in a long time. She's very good, and maybe Ed Harris is the partner, but. More and more people arrive and Jennifer Lawrence is just losing her mind with the stress and the upheaval and the sense of intrusion. And it goes to a very graphic and dark, horrific end. Um, So even though that's, yeah, so I was thinking of that because that was a kind, that was a type of party that happens in Mother um, and I was going to say it's amazing to think that Aronofsky can make something like that so original and interesting and provocative and then make something like The Whale um, which I just thought was so well of course he didn't write The Whale it was based on a stage play which was just you know two hours of sentimentality um, I really yeah I don't rate that movie at all See, I, I'm not afraid of sentimentality but it has to be attached to something um, more earned but that entire movie just felt like sentimentality right from the start um, and just not very interesting at all in my opinion um, 
so yeah the party that i had was, <laughs> was akin to that akin to what i described in mother and the unwise un, uninvited guests were anxiety and dread and depression and self-loathing and i don't know where it came from i don't know where it came from i wasn't i'm not having um i don't think i'm having you know terrible thoughts around suddenly you know reaching this this significant age um you know significant in the eyes of others i don't know how significant it is myself um but i had just a really really yeah just a really rough couple of days you know mental health a really poor period of of um intense mental health collapse and in the middle of it i was thinking this is just i'm you know this is horrible there's a a viciousness and a ferocity to this that is distressing and you know it pushed it it pushed me into all my um habitual corners where i go when i'm embattled like that in my mind uh, and in my emotions um and I really, yeah, I really felt, oh, this feels a bit nastier than usual and I'm not enjoying this at all. But eventually I landed some part of my brain or being pulled me out of it and presented again the idea of the path. And this was just part of the path. I just found myself in a dark place on the path where the demons came out and when i kind of grasped that concept and maybe the the you know the party was already ending <laughs> maybe the guests these unwanted guests these uninvited guests although you know of course on on some subconscious level they are invited aren't they if they're there they've been invited in somehow I'm inviting them in on a on a deep level and that's wherever wherever this this fear or dread emanated from um and I think really what was at the heart of it was facing into another year and assessing some of you know what I do and questioning you know in you know just finding myself internally having you know deep doubtful questions about you know how i'm living my life um and then a lot of other things that you know kind of feed into that or exacerbate the feelings of uncertainty or instability um so that's you know uninvited on on one level unwelcome certainly unwelcome but maybe not uninvited you know whatever that part of me maybe that's the you know that's the devil on the shoulder or maybe that's the you know the shadow side of of my being is just opening the door and going yeah yeah come on come on shh, shh, shh. in this way <laughs> he's looking out the window at squirrels or cats come on sneak in and now just go to town yeah the booze is over there knock yourselves out um there's a punch bag um so maybe those unwanted guests had got bored you know with not with not achieving some sort of dramatic result 
and so that gave my 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 brain my being whatever the um you know that 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 inner self that always kind of does know what's going on it maybe gave it a chance to go don't forget this is a path you're on a path and eventually the path will take you to somewhere else and that'll be a different part of the path or it'll be a turn off one way or the other um and there'll be a change of environment there'll be a change of circumstances and you will respond differently in those changed circumstances in that changed environment so don't don't panic too much because there is a certain amount of panic when you're in that frame of mind well for me anyway um but the yeah the path is going somewhere else I mean realistically realistically you know we never know where the path is going to take us and even if you want to literalize it and go yeah but if I go down this road or if I take that path I do know what's there and sure sure we can say that I mean that's you know objectively um, physically architecturally environmentally true but we don't know about the uncontrollables we don't know what we're bringing to that moment when we arrive at that space we don't know who else we might encounter there we don't know what else we might encounter there there are always variables um, about which we know very little there are variables we cannot simply cannot predict um and sometimes when we encounter those variables they're the very things that throw us off our path and you know that's where that's where mindfulness can come in that's where choosing how we respond can come into play rather than being reflexive or reactive um they are often the things that can give us a chance to evolve grow think of different choices different responses um and in that regard they are the unknown they are the unknowable things um yeah i must um I'm thinking of a, a very short bit of uh, video I took towards the end of last year. I think it was November. And it was a particularly lovely afternoon. And I was walking from my car along a little path to the sea. And I just took a, I just took a video of that journey. The journey from the car across a road through a fence along a sand-covered path with big brambles on either side until the sea revealed itself. And it was kind of beautiful. And the the natural shape of the path means the sea doesn't really reveal itself till the last moment, even though I can hear it. Um, 
uh, as I as I walked. I mean, I'm talking. This is this is not a long path. This is a short path. You know, I'm talking maybe one minute from the car to the shore or to the end of the path where you can see the you know the extent of the the beach and the sea. Um, and I think at the time, what I thought was, wow. How lovely is this? How lovely is how lovely is this end point? How beautiful. And you know, I tend to throw in other thoughts when I have a little moment like that and go, well, how lucky am I to be here? How fortunate to be here at this very moment. Um and I just yeah, cause I, I I think I was at the time I was playing with the idea of putting up little tiny clips like that on social media with a you know a voiceover. I may I may still, but yeah, there's um, you know arrivals, the idea of arrivals. I've spoken about this before. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a theme that I return to. Um, that for. You know, for many of us, there can be the just a, a sort of a, I don't I don't want to say obsession, but a real focus on where am I trying to get to? You know, where am I trying to arrive? What's that destination? And usually, the the idea of that is very much attached to this is going to get me to a better place, a place with greater opportunities. A new stepping off point that will take me to a better place in my life and usually it is an ascent or an elevation of some kind um, and often it's connected to qualifications or connected to particular jobs occupations promotions it might be connected to particular um particular destinations I mean particular geographical destinations I want to leave this place and get to that place um, you know country to city city to country continent to other continent um, and sometimes that's something we do just to refresh and you know reinvent um, and I think it's why holidays can be so attractive seductive cathartic just that feeling when you get on a plane and take off and go i'm leaving it all behind <laughs> it's a clean slate i can start afresh when i when i land um and you know plane time is it's kind of like decompression time before the reemergence um it's um yeah it's 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 a, it's a, it's a strange it, well it's it's a liminal zone isn't it it's a liminal zone it's a very particular space with particular circumstances um and all you know is that you'll step out of that zone and go step into something new and typically Again, if it's holidays, typically that brings a sense of eager anticipation, excitement, a kind of a anticipated thrill of being able to kind of drop, drop the facade, drop the clothes of your, your normal life 
um, you know, drop what you carry to protect yourself and cover yourself and present yourself in your everyday life. You get permission to go, nah, I can forget about all of that. And I suppose my argument is in some way, can we internalize that feeling or that notion or idea into our daily lives? Can we accept the absolute unknowability of the next moment? Can we regard moving from one moment to the next as a great opportunity? Can we regard that as our plane journey, our liminal space? Because we are forever moving into things that are not predetermined. Even though our brain, I think, pulls the universe together in a, in a, a sort of a conceptual way and a graspable way so we constantly make sense of what's around us and make sense of our environment and make sense of our circumstances and make sense of probabilities that reassure us and give us you know feed into this kind of illusion of control that we indulge uh, all the time but I think we're forever moving into empty space um, because we never know truly we never really know what's coming next and again with the idea of flow the idea of stream the idea of constant movement and again I, I often cite the ancient Greek philosopher Heraclitus and his idea of like all life being flux all life is continuous movement, continuous momentum. And, you know, maybe that's the, you know, maybe that, you know, that maybe that is one of the great battles we face as individuals. This kind of yearning for stillness, this yearning for calmness. And, of course, as we find ourselves now, well into the... 21st century and surrounded by 21st century technology and I won't I won't do what I so often do and go through the litany of things the litany of aggravance and accelerance and you know hyper stimuli that are all around us at all times it seems um, but the sense of of speed has maybe never been more apparent. The the sense of frantic scrambling has never been more apparent to us. Um, and maybe more than ever, that's why we, we crave stillness. And perhaps we even romanticize or deify, you know, stillness or our figures, personages, who have tapped into stillness as their way of life or stillness is at the heart of their faith or their advocacy. Um, and I think we're drawn to it because we crave it so much. 
but my argument is which you know which and this is this is really a central philosophy of mine and it's funny i i was i was listening to a very good podcast by um connor habib i don't know if you're familiar with connor habib he's a, an american guy who moved over to ireland several years ago he has a very interesting podcast called against everyone with connor habib he speaks to all sorts of thinkers and you know spiritualists and occultists and maybe i mean maybe people who feel like they might be on the fringes of intellectual thought or popular thought and he has in-depth conversations with him um he's also a writer he, i haven't read his book but he, he had a very very well received novel that he brought out from the last year or the year before called hawk mountain um yeah and he's funny and he's he's you know he's he's really a very interesting guy he he worked as um uh gay like he's gay and he worked in kind of gay pornography as a like i suppose a sex worker or sex performer and you know he's very open about that history and you know why wouldn't he be so he's kind of like sex positive and you know i think his kind of thing and this is where i was about to draw a connection between himself and myself just this idea of kind of demystification because he was speaking about it on a recent episode of his podcast he did an episode on how he produces his podcasts and the history of how he got into podcasting and when things started to turn and take off because he's i think he's well to my eyes he's very successful you know everything is relative of course but um yeah the idea of kind of demystifying things and bringing things down to just a very bare um transparent attainable level where we can acknowledge or engage with the idea of our own kind of capability and our own resources to go well actually we can do a lot for ourselves i mean i really believe this it's 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 it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's a central tenet of how i view life we can do an awful lot ourselves for ourselves and see the the destination idea where am i going to get to i think that also feeds into who's the person who can help me change my life what's the book that can help me change my life what's the the thing outside of me that can help me change my life or improve my life or enhance my life or augment my life and sometimes i call myself uncurious or uninterested because i do so much sort of reflection on well what are my capabilities and how can i serve myself and not be dependent on others now that could just be the philosophical existential approach of a traumatized child <laughs> and there there is a certain amount of truth in that where you you know you've had so many disappointments in your life in your relationships familial and otherwise that you think i, I it's not safe to depend on others <laughs> so i must only depend on myself and this is this is a kind of a, again going back to the tightrope this is the line i try to walk where i'm really interested in people always and in fact i was listening to another podcast um there's an american comedian whose name is is it mike berbiglia and he has a podcast which like a lot of people came out started being produced during the pandemic it's called working on it 
and he interviews comedians and talks about their sort of pathway into comedy and then they they work on material which is quite you know it's really interesting to kind of you know to listen in on kind of the inside world of you know of anyone i suppose but it's like stand-up comics and how they try to improve jokes or pieces bits as they call them but in any case he was interviewing the irish uh actress writer comedian ashling b who i don't really know i've, I've, I've come across her just in you know seeing her in different articles and whatnot but um i'm not that familiar with her work but she was great she was really a really great guest and she spoke about not having wanderlust the desire to travel and see places but perpetually having um i think she said people lust like she's really endlessly interested in people and i that really chimed with me i just thought yeah i am i mean i can be scathing about people <laughs> but i find huge um I know. I just find yeah, there's, there's there's so much to be got from engaging with others, um, and the opportunity to engage with others, particularly on more intimate grounds. As in, I don't mean sexual intimacy, but just you know, one to one or small groups where real conversations can be had and real points of connection can be made. Um, yeah, that's definitely a happy place for me as well. And so that's what I was going to say. Like I walk this line, this kind of tightrope between I'm wary, um, I'm loath to give too much of myself away um, or be tethered to somebody else or dependent on someone else. And yet I kind of, and again, I did an episode on this last year, the kind of the challenge of living with an open heart uh, and with defenses, with defenses down defenses over there are very good defenses here are very bad so go 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 with the defense go with defenses over there that's defenses d-e-f okay defenses living with defenses down living with an open heart that's that's challenging that's tricky um but again be on the path is that the path you want to be on with a certain amount of cautious vulnerability um informed vulnerability i mean maybe that might be a nicer way to phrase it um and again look that's in a way like that's a sort of a a martial arts concept you know the peaceful warrior here's my weapon but you know i'm not going to use it i'm covering it up i prefer the peaceful path if possible um yeah so look, I, I really think that's all I, I had to say today. I just, you know, the idea of, you know, pathways, empty spaces, empty moments, arrivals, endpoints. I think the only other thing I was going to say about arrivals is maybe sometimes it's easier to understand arrivals in the past tense. Um, or, you know, for English language, for English teachers, you know, in the present perfect. Um you know what has brought me here what has brought me to this point how have i arrived here so that i mean that's i, I think that's you know it's it, it, it's 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 a worthwhile area to to reflect on so i can go okay i don't know where i'm going but i know where i've, I've come i've arrived I've arrived, you know, in my, I've arrived at my fifties, 
and I can go, well, what path brought me here? What are the things that I've done that led me here to this moment and into, you know, led me to this current existential state, whether, you know, you know, for, for, for better or for ill, what are the paths that have brought me here? And, you know, do I, and I don't, frankly, but do I regret the paths I've taken? Do I, you know, do I look back at certain paths with, you know, a frown, with a troubled brow, with concern? Um, I don't know. Like it, Sometimes we can understand ourselves better by understanding the past. So we can understand our present selves better by understanding our past selves better. And sometimes we can only understand our past selves by acknowledging the journey that we've been on um, and understanding, oh, okay, so that's why I am here now. And this that's why I am how I am now is because of that journey and that road I took and that decision I made or those circumstances and how I responded to them. And maybe this person and how they, they helped me or shaped me or buffeted me or inspired me or whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, where to next? I don't know. I mean, this is my weak area. <laughs> I, I I guess, um, yeah, as I say, maybe that the, the uninvited, the un- unwanted guests uh, I referred to earlier, um, that's, um, that's where they, they thrive on, you know, the cloudiness I sometimes experience when I, I, I look to the future. And maybe that's maybe that's the battle I'm in at the moment. And maybe that it maybe then that does speak to a midlife crisis. Maybe that does speak to an anxiety around the passage of time. Maybe that does speak to something inside me cracking a whip going, come on now. Come on now. What the hell are you doing? But um, it's funny, I sit down and do this podcast and 99% of the time I feel very relaxed. <laughs> so that's nice. That's nice for me. Okay, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off. And this is not, I don't think this is the shortest episode I've ever done, but it's considerably shorter than recent ones. Um, yeah, I've listened. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. I've, I've, I've some interesting things I want to share. I did, I did sort of um flag that last week and yeah this moment doesn't feel like the moment i want to do it there's more movies to talk about um i continue my sort of catch up on things i've missed so uh maybe i'll hit into that next week okay well that's it listen um thank you very much for listening and for choosing this episode um you can follow me on social media if you're interested um i'm on um facebook and instagram um the podcast always comes up on on youtube as well uh, i've been very quiet on social media over the last couple of weeks just um christmas and my birthday and a funny week last week um but yeah if you enjoy what you hear you know throw throw a review my way throw me some stars throw me some love throw me a rating uh, share with a friend um, I mean and it's yeah like this is that's the currency of you know making podcasts 
more successful and making them reach more people. Um, so if you think this is a podcast worth sharing or mine is a voice worth sharing or if it brought you some sort of comfort or um, positive provocation or even amusement, um, they're all good things. Uh, so bump it on to someone else. You think, you know, you might like this. This might be your cup of tea. And if you're even more inspired and think, you know what, that's an independent podcast with nothing behind it, um, you can get behind it using the Patreon link. That's patreon.com forward slash the clear out. And you can invest in this thing that I do. Um, Because it is, it is, um, it takes work, it takes effort. And I'd be extremely grateful for whatever you could give. It's kind of a, it's just a bit of um, what reciprocation, I suppose. But again, the, the the other things I mentioned before, that's also that's also a way of paying back. And no stress if it's not in your budget to contribute to a podcast. Um, I'm happy for it to be free for you as well. So no stress. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Um, have a good week, and go back to the archives if you're interested in digging in for more, or look out for whatever comes next i'll be back all the best take care mind yourselves see you bye